the country where the fields of gold lead me back home. My precious moments etched into the canvases of limestone and the Midwest road. Through the sweltering heat and snow. And life is moving slow in the middle. Oh, so wait, this is getting recorded actually, so I'm not going to pray like that. Cut this up. Uh, <laughs> in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Jesus, we thank you for this time to be in your presence. We know that we are always in your presence, Lord, but we especially thank you for the moments that we become aware of you, become aware of your work in our life. Lord, I ask that in a special way you might give us the grace to be present to you right now, and that you might guide our hearts to all truth, and that as we embark upon um, the journeys of our life each and every day that you might give us strength through the journey that we might constantly turn to you seeking um, the heavenly bread from heaven seeking you lord who comes to meet us in the sacraments and prayer lord i ask that today we draw strength from you and that we live in your presence and that as we come to speak about you and what it means to follow you that you might Help us to learn and to have ears that, that seek to hear and to understand. We pray all these things in your most holy name. Amen. Father, Son, amen. Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, boys and, and girls, girls. This is Layman's Terms. I'm Trevor. I'm Alex. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Alex and I need to figure out who's going to do the intro next time. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> Beside the point, let's intro into how was your week, baby? What What's going on? Dude, it was a good week. I gave up my phone, which unfortunately I had to end oh so soon um, because the Wi-Fi is not working right now <laughs> consistently. So, <I laughs> so had we're to talking run. on this phone. Yeah, so we have to talk on, on the phone <laughs> while I record it on my laptop. Yeah, so I am keeping it in somebody else's room and keep it off almost all week. Um, and yeah, I use my laptop for anything necessary um and unnecessary too honestly i I listen to a lot of music on spotify so (laughs) it's really nice it's actually really refreshing oftentimes i find myself going to my room and just habitually like looking for my phone to check all the notifications and to sit on it for five minutes and i'm like ridding myself of that now um so yeah i think that's cool it's been good it's been refreshing Dude, let's go. So, yeah. We we did the episode about the Anima Technica Vacua like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you made moves since then. Mm-hmm. That's just to let you know that we're not up here pontificating, nor are we really into the pontificate at all, but we're definitely not even uh, soapboxing to you all. We're talking about real things that we yeah. really care about because Alex literally gave up his phone based on some of the conversations we had. So True. if that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what does. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. It, I've actually just started watching, like literally everyone else in America, uh, the Social Dilemma. Oh yeah, um, on Netflix, and like, yeah, a lot of it. It's kind of funny because it it's more like more or less like me looking at Kenzie and being like, "I told you so." Um, really? Because, <laughs> Did she? <laughs> yeah, not because I mean, you? I'm pretty much. What? Did she not believe you before? No, it's not that she didn't believe me. It's just that I think a lot of people in my life think Underplay I'm kind of it. on one about oh, social okay. media. They're like, why are you so upset about it? Like, mm-hmm. why are you always, you know, 
talking about how bad it is, all this stuff. And uh, it also is cool for me, though, because I'm learning a lot more of the technical aspects of how to explain mm-hmm. what I already know. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's I, when I say I already know, I think it's really cool because I'm not an expert. No one in their right mind would consider me an expert on said things. Mm-hmm. But the people on the shows are lit- like not just like an expert, like, oh, they're a blogger. Like, like they literally, you know, the dude who invented the like button is on the video, you know. Or hmm. the guy who created Google Drive, or the former president of Pinterest, you know, like people that are legit in the techn- technology yeah. world, are basically like, we all left our jobs because we're terrified of where this is going, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, the what button? The like button. Oh, the like literally like. the ability to like oh, people's stuff. Oh yeah. Like the dude invented that. Hmm. Um, if that if that's not like mind boggling enough, because that's just such a thing you just take for granted. Yeah, really. But the fact that there was a guy at one point who said, hey, this is a really good idea. Why don't we make it happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually a terrible idea. But anyway, I mean, that's what <laughs> they talk about in the show. But but uh, um, yeah, so anyway, that it's a good thing that you got rid of your phone. I've been trying to get rid of internet unsuccessfully. I, it, it's mm. hard because so many times I, like, I need it for little things throughout the day. Mm-hmm. That's actually the need. That's not, you know, just a want. But I'm yeah. getting there. Progress. Stay tuned for next week for me to update you and probably tell you that I failed again. But I'm getting better. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say, with giving up my phone, I thought that you know when I would turn it back on, there would be a bunch of notifications sitting waiting for me. I just got back on to like to start this call, and literally the only notification that I missed was three days ago when Trevor accidentally sent me. When I told him specifically, like, hey, respond to this message through email because I'm literally just about to put this phone away in somebody else's room. And the only response he gave me was over text message. And I had to email him again to remind him, (laughs) hey, dude, I have no idea when we're actually meeting. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, Yeah. So there you go. That's proof from Alex himself that you don't always have to be on your phone. True. Some of you are like, I'd have so many notifications. Like, yeah, on pointless conversations, you're keeping up to keep your Snapchat. Yeah, there's like group group me, which like I never respond to anyways, you know. Um, That's literally the only other thing that's going on there. And and I guess Snapchat, if I had Snapchat probably, but I don't have Snapchat anymore. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's huge. That fires me up. It makes me want to do it so bad, but I know like there's no shot. Yeah, that I would talk uh, certain people in my life into that, and it just wouldn't be practical in the college ministry yeah. setting. When what about literally like, my days are switching to a flip phone? I could do that probably, mm. although that would still be difficult at times because a lot of times I'm leaving for places. All yeah, just because it's so much like meetings with people. I often like will leave for places with really no clue where I'm going and just like enter it in as I go mm. or, or things like that all the time. GPS. I guess I could buy a GPS, yeah. get all these, like I could do it maybe, but it would be really difficult. Um, that's where the, the cost benefit analysis, I think the benefit is a little higher than the cost on that one. But in terms of the internet on my phone, I'm still trying to get better at that. So anyway, we'll get there. A funny uh, <laughs> story from my week. Um, okay, so basically... This isn't really that crazy of a story, but it's it's a good one, so I'm just going to go for it. Um, you there? And that was so nuts when then she pulled up right there in the Ferrari in front of my house. You, <laughs> you liar. What? 
You hit messing with me. You did not cut out during the best part of the story. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> uh, I wanted to, I've been wanting to try that. I was thinking earlier, I was like, I don't really have that great of a story. So I'm just gonna tell this story to Alex where I cut out really bad and act like I finished with something new. Um <clears throat> you but, yeah <laughs> you could have convinced me i was okay. i was on the edge of believing it you could have convinced me if you would have just like if i was like maybe if there was time for him to actually tell a story in that pause where he cut out then maybe but <laughs> there was literally like five seconds <laughs> yeah the most exciting thing that happened to me actually okay this is actually you will probably not think this is that cool but this is really encouraging for me so mm-hmm. i've been a. Uh, you know, working out with uh, one of my buddies early in the morning, like going on runs and, and things of that nature. Um, and I had set my alarm to wake up at 5.45 today um, to get up to, to do said workout. And uh, so I, like, I have a manual alarm clock because I also think that going on the phone route again, keeping your phone by your bedside is just dangerous because it's so likely that you're like gonna wake up mm-hmm. but then stay in bed and just scroll. Um, if you're better than me, kudos to you. But yeah. for me, that's a danger. And so, um, anyway, so a long time ago, I got a digital or a manual alarm clock. And I actually have it in the corner of our room right now, too. So I have to like get out of bed and get it, which Kenzie mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily love. But hey, it's better than me wasting time <laughs> in the morning. So, anyway, um, so I had set it for 545 and, and I checked, you know, because I'm kind of anal about it because I've had it like not go off before. So I always check it like three times to make sure it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like me a lot. Like I'll get up out of bed a lot of nights and make sure the doors are locked because I'm so like freaked out. Like, oh, I didn't, I didn't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out Chris from my freshman year. We all know the story. Yes. Um, no, classic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Alex has heard it like 20 times. But anyway. <laughs> I think it's on one of the so, other episodes. Yeah, it's got to be in one of our episodes. Mm-hmm. Basically, the, 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 the three second version a drunk kid walked into my room in the middle of the night and jumped under my covers and I had to kick him out and I never forgot to lock my door again <laughs> after that. So anyway. And that's the story of how Trevor and I met. I'm just kidding. Alex was the drunk kid. His name was Chris for some reason at the time, but he just had a name change because that memory was so traumatic <laughs> for him. But um, anyway, so last night I had set my alarm. I woke, I woke up this morning to an alarm and I like you know, reached over to slam mine. But as I'm like shutting it off, I realized that I'm not because it was Kenzie's alarm, which was like an hour later. Um, and so it doesn't go off. So I'm ticked. I'm like, what the heck? Um, and I checked it like three, I, I, I triple checked it in the morning too, because I saw that the AM light was not lit for the time nor the alarm and that the, the side switch to turn on the alarm was on. So it was on the right time. It should have gone off, but it didn't. Um, so I'm literally clueless as to why this happened. But Anyway, so I was like, well, I don't want to waste this time then. So I went in the living room and I was on Facebook Marketplace because that actually, you might think that's a waste of time, but it's not because on my list of to-do things for a while has been to get like patio furniture. And I never really like make time to do it because I'm always busy doing things, you know, with students or with a team mm-hmm. or whatever around. And so I tried to do, to do it like whenever, but it's been slowly building in my head. Like I got to do this soon. I got to do this soon because I don't want it to be a waste. I don't want to get it in mid November when it's cold. Um, but I wanted to have for the next like two months or so, some before it gets super cold just time to be able to like take people have people over and uh, have bonfires and all that good stuff dinner outside um so i'm sitting here browsing on facebook marketplace at a time that i never would have been on normally like i would have not like normally i would have gotten back from our little workout showered 
and went to the church and not had time. So in that time, I found this steal of a deal for like six chairs and a table for super cheap. Um, and like messaged the guy and said, like, I'll pick it up today and then undercut <laughs> him by like 20%. Um, and he's like sold, you know, he was in and, and it for sure would have gotten nabbed because I've been mm. looking like kind of, you know, slowly off and on for the past about five to six weeks. And I've not even found anything close to this price for mm-hmm. the same quality. Um, and so I was just elated and I realized, cause I felt so bad when I woke up, I was like, dang it. Like I forgot to lift or, you know, go you work out with chance, this guy. Yeah. What? Didn't get a chance. Yeah. Work like out. I felt so yeah. bad about that. But what actually it was, was I had, I got this patio furniture I would have never gotten. Yeah. And it's just such a small moment, but what yeah. it really was for me, because that had been like on my checklist, slowly moving from quadrant four all the way to quadrant one over the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and what it was, was just a reminder from the Lord. Cause I, I so often get preoccupied with like, man, I should have done this thing or mm-hmm. always like being down on myself that I let someone down. Um, and, and it's just like a reminder to trust, like, as these things happen, yeah, do you need to like continue to improve yourself to be better and all those different things to be a better gift of yourself? Sure, like that's true. I need to grow, but it shouldn't unsettle my peace to find myself lacking in some form of virtue. Like that should be like I should I should already know that that is the case. It shouldn't surprise me to find myself failing in a, in a number of situations on a daily basis. And so, instead, the the biggest failure from those moments is when my peace leaves me. And I lose my trust in the Lord and I start to get anxious and it leads me to all sorts of other sins. Um, and this was like just, I think, a big fat reminder of me for to, to like trust and have peace. I, I know it sounds kind of a roundabout way, but it, it's a lot of what I've been praying about lately. So it just kind of brought it home and it's a cool, you know, everyday sort of miracle, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, so there you have it. Nice. That's awesome. The the real story after the, the fake pause. Yeah. <laughs> it paid off. Um, yeah. Dude, yeah, that's awesome. One and you know the cool thing about patio furniture is that. Wait, are you ready to go into the topic? <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say one thing. One suggestion I have: Have you ever heard, or have you ever had like a Fitbit, like a silent alarm on a Fitbit? No, I've never had a Fitbit. I wear my Fitbit while I sleep because it tracks my sleep, but also like. Uh, it was really helpful when we lived in the cabin for summer projects because we were so close quarters. There were literally four of us living in a cabin that was like probably enough for like maybe two adults if they were married and two kids. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it was just like the tiniest cabin. And even then it would be like a huge squeeze. Um, yeah. And we were four adult men squeezed into it. Anyways, so yeah, because I had to get up so early for work, I would set my silent alarm and it wouldn't wake anyone else up. Um, and it would just vibrate on my wrist and it woke me up. Um, I would always have a backup alarm just in case because they can, uh, it can go wrong. But I've found that to be really helpful, uh, for not waking up the people around me. So, dang, that would actually be a clutch. I think. Well, the thing is, our bed's super creaky, so I think Kenzie would have noticed me like sliding out of mm-hmm. bed anyway. Um, yeah. But that actually, I could see that being super useful. Less noticeable have. than, you know, an alarm clock designed to wake you up. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is that is true. Um, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. I don't know if that'll make it in the budget, but that's not a bad thought for sure. Dude, they're, they're not 
that expensive. Sixty bucks. Yeah. You say fifty bucks? I said sixty, but yeah, you could probably get some for fifty. <laughs> you're like you're like if you if you shop the right places, yeah. if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, wink. wink dark wink, web. Nudge. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's a good call. Did you have any other stories you were thinking? Crazy things. Uh, I didn't have any crazy things happen. I think that's good. Good content. Well, yeah, that is crazy. And you know what's really cool about patio furniture, as I was saying <laughs> earlier, um, is that when you have patio furniture, right, what you really want to do is you want to, you, you get outside, you know, you, you, you have the grill going perhaps, and you're just sitting and it's a nice fall day and you're wearing your favorite jacket um, and the tree, you know, the trees are changing colors and you watch the sunset and then you stay out for the campfire and you really are just there for the, for the, for the hang, for the good time. Um, and you stay a while, right? Because it's worth staying a while because you get to see all the different pretty lights and, and the things changing. And this is analogous, I think, to what Alex and I have been thinking about is, is let's stay a while on one topic. Let's just stop jumping around every <laughs> single week to something new. You know, we want to we really soak it in. We want to get the, the smell of the grill in the background. We want to get um, the campfire roaring. We want to get the, the changing leaves and the beautiful sky and to see the little prairie dog running across and see the mouse move outside of the crack in the foundation of my house that it probably shouldn't be there. And no, but in the middle of all those things, uh, what we really want to see is the ability to soak it all in because this world needs a little bit more slowness. With that being said, Alex, what do we want to just absolutely gnaw on for the next few weeks or so? Yeah, we'll probably spend some time on this topic of discipleship. Um, and specifically, I think, we'll be talking about today um just like what is the history of discipleship and what does it look like across periods of life and period or in different vocations and different settings um so that being said trevor um i guess we'll start off with like what is the history of discipleship like what did why discipleship like why what does it have to do with early christianity so go ahead yeah so in the olden days in the beginning was god no um so if we want to go back right the the reason why i wanted to talk a little bit about the history of discipleship is because i think this is how most things that we kind of talk about in the Christian world, even that we talk about in the secular world, often we throw around terms like, like, you know, nobody's business. Um, but we have no business throwing around those terms because we actually know nothing about like what those terms originated for and really what the like underlying meanings are of those words. Right. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I think I've, the, the, the first like, um, cultural example I can think of is like when you say the word like liberal or you say the word feminist or mm -hmm. um, you know all these like words you can think of there's probably a hundred thousand different ideas in people's heads of what that same word means if not more mm -hmm. if, if not potentially a, a different meaning in every single person's head and I think that's somewhat similar if, if you're in like a church or, or been involved in a church for a while I think everyone knows that discipleship is one of those words it seems that there, that there seems to be so many just like different meanings that are floating out there and different things that people mean when they say it. Different, like people use it as a noun, as a verb, as an mm -hmm. adverb, um, as a preposition, as a dangling participle. Uh, no, <laughs> but they use it in a lot of different ways, right? And so 
specifically what I just wanted to do as we're going to spend the next few weeks and maybe into a month or so talking about um, discipleship, I really wanted to actually like talk about how did this word originate into a way that we, the, the church today largely sees it as being integral to the life of the church. Where did it, where did it begin and, and how did it kind of get there? So here's the deal. <laughs> when Jesus was walking and, and talking and, and just getting after the earth, one of the most important ways that, that Judaic law, custom, um, practice, and belief was passed on was through the different rabbis, um, a lot of them occupying the sect of the Pharisees, mm-hmm. that that uh, were passing on the law, that were like in charge of uh, ensuring that the people, the Jews, were, were being faithful to, to what they had been taught. And this was largely in a way that like a rabbi would call a, a young student, a Jewish boy who had grown up learning the Torah and, and learning about the prophets and the writings and and growing in like his understanding of the faith, he would be called, and then he once he would be called by the rabbi, this was like a, a quintessential moment in his life, he would spend years in the tutelage of said rabbi. So he would follow him around, he would you know sleep where the guy slept, he would go to uh, class where the guy would go to class. He would go, when he would speak in the synagogue, when the rabbi would speak in the synagogue, you know, the, the, the disciple would be with him. And, and, and it was this way of life that, that the disciple lived in which he attempted to develop all of the habits, the thinking to literally be the rabbi. Um, there's, there's an ancient phrase that would have been used that you should be covered in the dust of your rabbi, right? So if you've gone to many a, a Catholic talk, you might have heard this at some point. Um, but this is important to understand when we talk about this word of discipleship, it does obviously follow in Jesus for our understanding, but it's broader than that in terms of the context that it came into, that it was before Jesus, you know, called his own disciples that now we know just as um, the apostles, the disciples, and, and those that they evangelized. Um, Alex, butt in. What do you got? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that it comes down to is, um, yeah, you see examples of it in the New Testament, like especially with Paul, you see disciples, uh, Timothy, he has Timothy, um, who he takes up as a disciple, and in his letters, he says things like, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And there's this certain sense in which um, you can see how a lot of the faith is passed on before there are official scriptures, because that doesn't, I mean, stuff gets written down and reproduced, but nothing actually gets, um, so nothing actually gets uh, put together until much later and so in the meantime much of even scripture is passed on person to person and then you see it li- like but more so you see the faith itself lived out in other people and by following those other people that is how it was continued to pass on in the that during that early time does that make sense Trevor or am I overstepping yeah okay yeah, no, and, and and the reason why is this art of imitation is literally like that. The first notion we have of Christianity is that it was following a person named Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, you know, literally the Messiah Christ. It was, it was he called these men to, to follow after, and, and women, obviously, in the uh, Mary Magdalene and, and many of the other women that were disciples. Um, but there's there's people that are being called to follow him. And 
you know, he takes them on on a journey of at least we know at least, you know, all of them would have been with him for the range of like two to three years during the, the moments of his active ministry. Um, and like, we don't think when we think of the early Christians, we don't think of someone who, you know, Oh, I, like I grew up in the church cause my parents were here or all these things. And we'll get to that. I'm not knocking that. Obviously that's a very good thing, <laughs> but the reality is like what it first meant to be a Christian was to be a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. One, one who followed in the footsteps of, of their rabbi, their teacher, who taught them a new way of thinking, a new way of life, who taught them how to, how to eat and to how to, um, primarily the thing he was teaching them most about was how to be a citizen of this new kingdom, this new kingdom that he came to establish. Um, and Jesus, obviously, the king, being the king of this new kingdom, came to, 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 to bring followers into that kingdom, to create a new heart, to give them you know a heart of flesh instead of heart of stone, um, and to send his Holy Spirit within them, obviously after his death and resurrection, and then right before, or right after the ascension as well. Um, but all of this is central on the idea that like these early, you know, followers of the Lord, you know, the apostles and the, the gospel writers and all these people didn't think that they were forming a new club. Um, they thought that they were in- intensely giving their lives over to follow this man, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, I think it, it leads us into a place where we can start to talk about when we use the word discipleship, well, what, what can we start to, to pull away from this as regards to us living in a place that, you know, our ancestors likely for, for many generations may or may not have, if not even at least been Catholic or been Christian, like at least have been surrounded by people that were. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I think looking at this context helps us to see what discipleship is because it teaches us that it's primarily about um, a person and not an idea. Mm. Right. So, so you, it's not possible to be a disciple of an idea, right? Like you wouldn't call, um, you know, a stoic, like, like a disciple. He might be a disciple of another stoic philosopher, but he was not a disciple of stoicism. Like he, he didn't follow this idea or, or likewise, you could say like, you know, a patriot, is not a disciple of patriotism. Like they, they don't have this idea in their head in which they're, they're like, ah, yes, like I, I follow this, right? Um, because an ideal is not something that you can assimilate towards the way that it walks and the way that it speaks mm-hmm. and the way that it thinks. It might guide your life, but not in a way that a person like entering into your reality and guiding you and, and like as you witness the way that that person, you know, interacts within the world and outside of the world, it gives you a new idea of, of what it means to be a part of that new, you know, in the case of Jesus, the new kingdom that he's, he's sharing with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, with that first principle, what, what else needs to be said there on the idea that, that discipleship is primarily of a person, not an idea. When we like learn something new, we have to enter into that. The best place to enter into that is through another person. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I, when I was in high school, there was this program I was part of where we would just do a lot of extracurricular stuff. Um, no, sorry. There was a program as part of where we would choose something to study on our own. We would do an independent study on it and just go really into depth with it. And uh, one of the guys in that program decided to learn blacksmithing. And the only way he could learn was through an apprenticeship. And so he had to find another blacksmith. 
and learn from that guy mm-hmm. who the tricks of the trade of being a blacksmith. And there's something about like there's something about that that is just really interesting to me. You have to learn these things through another person. I think it just comes back to how we convince ourselves that we can just intellectually ascend automatically to the right answer all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. But no, I think that we need outside influence. Well, not influence. Yes. We need to learn from outside of ourselves and outside of yes. just just an idea. Yeah. Because there's something lacking if our Christian idea identity is just an idea in the same sense as there's something lacking if you all you know about blacksmithing is the theoretical this is how you do it like the steps involved yes yeah absolutely and 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 this is not like some crazy idea right because when you think about the ways that jesus could have entered into the world and could have shared his news and could have like you know created a new kingdom and and sent the holy spirit and bridged the gap between man and god by destroying sin or, or right or like transforming suffering or all these things on the cross like he could have gone about the salvation of the world in so many different ways, but what did he do? He chose to invest in in some few people, like especially like it's a few people even compared to the world at the time. Mm. The fact that he lived largely in a very small geographical area and didn't interact with many people around the world, but especially when you compare it with the torrent of history, I mean that's such a microscopic level of of people that he invested in. But he particularly chose to incarnate to that specific people at that specific time because he entrusted to them the message of the gospel and expected them to go about, to share it, to promulgate it amongst the kingdoms and in the cities and places of the world by the example of those who followed him. Witness to witness, mouth to mouth, handshake to handshake, person, or maybe it wasn't a handshake at the time, but you get the idea, right? Mm-hmm. It was personal. Um, and he chose to do it that way. He, he, again, he's God. He could have done otherwise, but he chose to do so. And it, it seems to me that when we start to think about this idea of following the Lord and you hear this all the time, like, yeah, I'm Christian, but like, I don't really have a church. You know, I, I kind of pray on my own. It's like, that's ludicrous. That's not what Jesus did. That that's not how he began his kingdom. And that's not how the disciples lived. Right. You see, like, that's not what you see in the book of Acts. That's not what you see. Um, recorded in the journeys of Paul to these different churches. Like he talks about all the time, like you said, Timothy or Barnabas or other men who traveled with him. It's constantly on the for- forefront of like the, the, the New Testament. So I think that's one, that Jesus himself like chose that, yes, he is the bridge between God and man, but he chose other men and women to be also to carry the message in his stead as he like gave them this new divine life that lived within them, his very self like inside of them. Um the second part that I was thinking of as far as it regards to this, uh, I lost my track. Dang it. I had two things I was thinking of about this. You were talking about a blacksmith. Mm-hmm. It's the only way. Oh, well, doesn't matter. That was what the Lord wanted me to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. What's incumbent upon you as a Christian is that you are a disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually no Christians that are authentically Christians. Mm-hmm. There's no Catholics that are authentically Catholics. 
um, who aren't disciples. Yeah. Like it is the very nature of what it means to be a Christian or a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Like it's not an optional part of it. And, and, and it's why this was the second part. It came back to me. What, what does it mean to be a Catholic or a Christian except for to be the follower of Jesus? And as a Catholic, like a follower of Jesus who lives in community with the church that Jesus established, but the church is not like home. Like it's a home, but it's not the, eter- the eternal home is actually like to live in the divine Trinity to, to occupy like, the, you know, the essence of the eternal life of the divine life that the Lord like brings about in our, both our sanctification salvation, ultimately our deification, right. To be brought into the nature of God. Um, and so what that means is that this is the hardest journey, the craziest story, the highest mountain, um, that, that, that the world has to offer, or even that supersedes the world that goes outside of it. And what that means as far as, as it pertains to being a disciple is it means that it like, it means that we must fully assimilate to the character and, and nature of Jesus himself, who can only, who is the only one who can lead us to the father, who is the only one who can lead us to the inner life of the Trinity. And so as a disciple, what that means is that our whole lives are going to be this continued like journey or quest, or honestly, it's a quest that the Lord is already at work before us changing our hearts that we have to receive for the rest of our life um, and, and use like the reception of that gift to activate it in our life. But primarily, we have to allow him to lead us to a place that we could not go on our own. That requires us to be changing and to be constantly going up and and, and going on this journey for all of our of our human lives, um, which gives us sort of a trajectory, right? So we've talked about like where discipleship is from, like how does it how did it originate? How is it uh, inherent to the life of the early Christian? And now we talk about we've talked or at least like touched on how there's a trajectory within discipleship within being a follower of Jesus that ha- knows no end, which means that it's a, it's a, it's a life full of learning and, and, and not just like a head knowledge learning, but a learning of how to live differently, mm-hmm. how to live in the spirit. Yeah. Sorry. I don't, I, I pause it cause I don't know. I, I have other thoughts, but I'm talking already too much. So I want to <laughs> again. Yeah. Um, one thing I would add to you with, yeah, I think, too like there can be this thought of um i don't know like i still feel like the how much we're using it like just sounds a lot like a buzzword and it's just talking about like okay like but like what does it mean though like what does it mean in terms of like i don't know like in terms of like why like if I needed to be a disciple today, how would I do that? Um, and so like for me, I think that the, the root definition of it, first off, I think discipleship, it can be really easy for people to, to assume like, Oh, discipleship. Like I, at the root of it, like I am being discipled by Trevor Brecca because he's my focus missionary, you know? Um, but no, what's at the root of it, what's happening is like, you're learning to be under the discipleship of Jesus, um, Mm -hmm. from Trevor Barreca, Mm -hmm. because you see the ways in which Trevor Barreca is a disciple of Jesus. Yes. And so one thing I think just across like every stretch of life is like finding someone holier than you and they're out there (laughs) for sure 
Oh, they're definitely out there. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably lo- more local. I interact <laughs> with people holier than me every day, yeah. so that I can t- I can guarantee you they're out there. At least someone who's holier than you in a certain aspect that you admire. Um, and looking to them and spending time with them and getting to know them. And here's another big thing, too, that I think is really uncomfortable for a lot of people in our generation. Looking to people who are older than you because... Mm-hmm. Like, and like spending time with people who are older than you. Um, I think people just assume like, oh, like to be like, I can't be friends with someone who's older than me. Like, that's kind of weird. Um, but no, like looking to people who have had more life experience than you and have more like time pursuing God, um, they can really shake you out of this, like this pride of thinking that you know everything or that you are have learned so much or whatever like you should look to yeah look to look for people who are older than you and holier than you and look to learn from them and i think that like where people can go wrong is assuming like oh like at this state in life that i'm in like i like, I don't know anyone holy, like, you know, it's like, I can't find anyone who is mm-hmm. holier than you. It's like, then look for, like, look for, go to, like, I don't know, like, go to, like, a Knights of Columbus meeting for the guys, or, like, a, like, I, I don't know, like, go looking, <laughs> because they're out there for sure. I don't know. Does this? Yeah. I well, I like saying. what you're saying about looking. Because when you're talking about looking, it implies that like someone who looks for something mm. is is aware and acknowledges that there is a, a lack or a deficiency in their life that needs to be filled, mm-hmm. right? Like, like that's what it, what it means to look is to not have. Um, and so, like, this is like the parable, right? Jesus, who the man who finds the girl of the, the girl, <laughs> the man who fi- the man who finds the girl of great price, the man who finds the pearl of great <laughs> price, right? Sells everything he has. And buys that field. Um, and so I think like, obviously the pearl of great price is the Lord Jesus who inaugurates us into his new kingdom. But again, going back to what we talked about with discipleship, like Jesus could have evangelized the world and he could have given the good news of, of the gospel to the world in any sort of way, but he didn't. He chose to do it particularly by the means of intermediary, intermediaries, like men and women who, who, who he gave divine life to, mm-hmm. who he grew divine life in, and he used that divine life to spread almost like it burst out of their skin into the person that they are in contact with. And so why that matters to what Alex is saying is like the same is true for us today. Like the reason that you have even are even listening to this podcast is because you've had probably over a thousand people in your life who have known the Lord, who have some way impacted you, who have some way shared who Jesus is. And I think the reason why we seek someone who is, who is holy, we seek someone who, who can help us is not because we want to be like, you know, Hobschnobben with the the Catholic celebrities of the world. Mm. It's because I think the the holy person is almost sort of a mirror to ourselves, to our own soul. The holy person who reflects Christ perfectly, or not perfectly, but but in a in a in a transcendental transcendental way that we start to see Jesus like in that person, almost shines a mirror on our, on our own like both talents and deficiencies, our likes, our dislikes. They start to shine you know, deep kind of like searches into the, the, the chasms of our soul. 
and if, if you think I'm speaking too much, I think it's because you maybe haven't had ex- an experience with someone who like really has like been a witness to you of Christ's love because they help expose who Jesus is to you in a way that you see yourself. Um, and this is why like this, we, we need, it's don't think of like a mentor. Like again, it, in a way, is it like mentorship? Yes. But it's more than that because, <laughs> you know, when I think of mentorship, I think of this person that you sit down with, maybe like a, a big wig in, in some industry that you're hoping to be one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you sit down with them that you talk about your business and maybe they even help you in some other things in your life. But a disciple is one whom, whom is almost like, like I said, a mirror or someone you live like in some sort of intimacy with. Again, it doesn't mean you need to like, you know, pick up the guest room in their house and start staying there. Maybe, but probably not. Um uh, <laughs> What it does mean is that you need to you need to see how they interact in a variety of scenarios that go beyond just like the ordinary because you're going to need to be able to like if you want to see Christ fully reflected in them in all the different ways that that he desires for you to see him then it has to be go beyond just this like you know little sit down business chat once a week um so what is discipleship in the context of what we're talking about in the context that it's applied in the buzzword sense today I would say ultimately it's having the humility to seek and to be led by someone mm-hmm. as they imitate Christ, to yeah. imitate someone as they imitate Christ, just as we see in the early scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's the big thing. It's like the takeaway is, yeah, discipleship is having the humility to seek to be led. And ultimately, you're being led by Jesus, but you're going to be more particularly led by a certain person. So. Yeah, through whom Jesus reveals Himself yes. to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's a lot. Like, there's so much more that could be said, and that's why we decided to start to do these uh, sort of longer mm-hmm. topics. And and obviously, we will go a lot deeper onto this. You know, we're going to spend weeks talking about well, what does it look like in this context, and how can we understand it. Um, you know, as, as it pertains to this way, or, or, mm-hmm. or there's this sort of tension maybe we notice in this area of discipleship. How do we um, approach that in a way that we resolve some of the issues there or we learn how to live with them? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot more we will talk about, but I think at least this gives like, if not a, like a straight, you know, thing that you can grasp onto, at least something that you have, you know, it's like a teaser trailer. It gives you the idea of like, okay, this is where we're going. This is, this is the roadmap. Um, so yeah, hopefully you guys can stay with us and listen as we dive into this topic week after week. Alex, any other thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, nothing. <laughs> That's huge. Um, Alex is trying to be. Never mind. I was gonna. I was gonna try to come up. With, I was gonna. Never mind. Never mind. I'm trying to be a disciple in a in a worldly sense, a follower of of a mentor of a comedic nature so if you're funny come talk to me and tell me how to be funny because i clearly am not all right let's uh finish (laughs) off with prayer then okay that's such a terrible way to end it was i'm just kidding all right go be a disciple all right now you can pray lord please guide us to search you out one more to Search for more of you for the rest of our lives. Give us zeal and help us to never stop. Never stop asking for more of you and never be so prideful 
as to not humble ourselves enough to learn not humble ourselves enough to follow. Lord, thank you for all that you do for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.